When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jess, are you there? I am. Are you, are you, are you? Barely, but yes, I am here. How's it going? How's the presentation? How's the, you know, time Uh, allotment for doing stuff and... I mean, I wish it was more and better, but it's not. It's like, I feel like I'm almost done. So I have like eight more slides to go for this one. But then in a week, I'm going to need the next one. And then in a week, I'm going to need the next one. And then it's going to be podcast movement. You, that's why I've kind of been staying away from you. (laughs) I mean, it's not been easy. And I wish I could just take three days off and get it done. But it's like, here, I'm just like, okay, I've completely blocked my calendar. I'm going to do it today. It's going to be done. And then my sales associate sends me an email from a huge, a huge advertiser saying they have a huge budget and they want a proposal by the end of the day. Nice. And no, it's not. No, it's what nice, I'm saying, but it's not. Well, I know what I'm saying. Nice is in like in the sarcastic nice, where it's nice, I mean, but it's why? like why? Why? Why do they always need it? Like right effing now? Why? Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm just letting her handle it, and I'm just gonna look at the final result. But it's like that's just that's just that's just Murphy's law. It yeah. just has to be that way. And so I don't know if I'm going to stay up all night. I haven't slept. I mean, I only slept four hours last night. Thanks to my Fitbit. Now I know how much sleep I'm not getting. So I can obsess over it like a decent psychotic. Like the decent psychotic person (laughs) I am. Like a decent psychotic. Yeah. That's one thing. There's two things I obsess over. One of them is how much sleep I get. And so a Fitbit is actually not a nice thing for me to have because if I feel tired – and I don't know how much sleep I got, I can push through it. But if I know I only got four hours of sleep, then that's the script that's running through my head all day. Oh, mm. my God. I've only had four hours of sleep. How am I functioning? What am I going to do? Should I take a nap? No, I can't. I don't have enough time. You know, like I, I – it just is like a constant – and like I'm also a person who wakes up in the middle of the night and thinks if I fall back asleep right now, this is how much sleep I'll get. So I – it's like I'm obsessive about that and I'm obsessive about – well, you're just going to laugh at me, but I'm obsessive about things catching on fire. What? That came out of the blue. Yeah, that. Um... I have a fire, a fear of fire. Thank you very much to the public school system for introducing stop, drop, and roll to an eight year old child who didn't really know that fire was a possibility until she had to practice stopping, dropping, and rolling in her second and third grade class. Because now, I mean, for years after my. Parents would go to bed. I would walk around and feel the doors to see if they were hot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Dude. I was scared shitless. And now and now I'm married to somebody who leaves the burner on all the time, a gas stove. And I'm constantly like, you're going to set us on fire. Are you doing this to kill me? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Like, I know. I'm obsessed. I mean, I'm not obsessed. Like, it doesn't take up a lot of my thinking time unless it's like, you know, unless someone leaves the burner on or a gas I smell gas. And I'm just like, we have to get out. What's happening? It's going to blow at any minute. 
Do you do you also worry about the whole um, if you have the uh, dryer going and then no. you leave the house? Do you stop it? Nope, just the oven. Okay. No, I don't care about the dryer or really any other. The dishwasher's fine. Um, it's really just the oven. I'm always worried about the oven, and I mean. Even if I know what caused the smoke alarm to go off in my house, I still worry that there's another fire that I don't know about. So it's like if I burn toast (laughs) and I see the toast and I've put it in the trash ready and the smoke alarm goes off, I still worry (laughs) that there's more fire that I didn't cause. So that's odd. Isn't it? I mean, it's a little bit odd, but maybe it's like some kind of metaphor. Well, of course you would say that. Maybe. All right. Like what? I don't know. That you're afraid mm. things will catch on fire? Like what? How, how does that metaphorically apply to your life? I don't know. That's a very good question. How does it apply? I'll have to think on that, I guess, while we <laughs> move on. How does that apply to my life that I'm always trying to put out fires that don't exist, perhaps? Hmm. That I'm a big busybody and I should just leave well enough alone? I don't know. That Maybe. I obsess about nothing. Why is this? I'm internalizing. You are internalizing. I didn't bring I need all to that stop. stuff No, up. you I didn't say stop. any of that. No. I'm applying all my flaws to your <laughs> to your implication, and I should stop. <laughs> oh, man. But I don't think you're going to be, you know, and part of it is that fire is also an incredible creative force. So there's that. And plus, you're working very hard on your presentation and you have to be creative and coming up with content and as well as being specific. And this is huge, though. I mean, I'm really proud of you. I'm so that's why I'm stepping back because I know you have to focus a lot. And if you know, I feel bad about that, though, like, don't focus, don't disappear. Well, I'm not going to fully disappear. I will appear if I really absolutely 100 percent need you. Like when you need to look at my shoes and stuff. But no, <laughs> if I, but you know, if it's like random things here and there, it's like I do have to stop myself, Jess. I have to stop the compulsion, the Jess compulsion. There's many times when I stop the Jeff, Jess compulsion during the day. Maybe I should just like send you an emoji every time I stop the Jess compulsion. So I don't say anything. It's just like you're leave. compulsed to what? Check in with me? To just say stuff. I like it. You know, just say stuff like random things, like not, not nothing that's important. Well, I mean, just I, don't do it. I don't want you to stop doing. Don't do that. Okay. I want well, you to send them to me like, the random things because sometimes you go, you you take off with it. Like sometimes I have a thought that it's just a thought. It doesn't necessarily need to go anywhere. Like I need to go buy new panties. You know, mm-hmm. random. Something like that. I still want to know all the thoughts that you want to share with me. If you're compulsed to share a thought with me, I don't want you to hold them back. doesn't mean I can always respond right away, but um, yeah, but I don't want you to hold them back. I want to know the thoughts. It's nice that you check in. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring the thoughts. I'll bring, bring the it. Thoughts. When I can respond back, I will. Because oftentimes I'm pleasantly surprised by what you've sent. <laughs> You know, like I'll just be Lottie dying, checking my phone, and all of a sudden there's like a snake that Elsie has sent me. <laughs> like a snake. And I'm just like, oh, a snake. It's like the most amazing surprises sometimes. Oh my gosh. Or like that goat one that you did. I have one that would be perfect. Oh, I can't wait. <gasps> you know what? I did stop myself from putting it out there. 
Can I share? Why? Can I Why? share really quick? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we were going, we were um, running errands and, and whatnot. We had just finished going to the movies, actually, because we went to go watch Cars 2 or 3. Cars 3? Cars yeah, 3. I went. Yeah. Okay. So then we were, you know, we were coming home and Nanny had to stay, had to go to the Target. So we get out of Target. She, she gets out of the car and then starts walking through the parking lot. And there's like this giant, like green tube thing on mm-hmm. the ground. Mm-hmm. And she's like, huh, what is this? And she sort of kick pushed it. Like not something the way that you would kick like a, a ball, but she almost did that. And then when she did that, all of us were looking and we're like, Holy crap, it's alive. It was alive, Jess. Mm. It was a caterpillar that was, was it fuzzy? As... No. It was like as big It was as big as my like my index finger. It was as big as my index finger, maybe slightly bigger. Mm-hmm. And it was two sizes of the width of my, oh my fingers God, together. That's only okay when they're fuzzy. Are you sure that's what it was? It was a caterpillar. I uh, believe me. Are I you have sure video. it wasn't a millipede? Yeah, all right. I have, have video. To see the video. Play the tape. And roll, no, roll tape. <laughs> roll tape. I know. I'm going to have to send this to you guys yeah, while exactly, we're talking. John. Thank you. See, so here's the thing, too. The other weird thing is that it was like it had all of these differently colored things coming out of it. So it was not fuzzy at all. It looked, you know what it looked like? It totally looked like that in Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's going to you. You guys are going to see this video. Yeah, it's only 15 in, seconds. In Warner- and you There's guys are also another check it one out. in the movie A Bug's Life that's really cute. It's probably around that size. I have never seen anything like this. I'm not sure what this turns into because... I don't know, but I will send you also a picture of it near my hand so that you see the size of this gigantor animal, which is kind of weird. So anyway, I'm sitting in the parking lot of Target, and I just thought of you to share this with. Like, I had, like, nobody else. I was like, who else could I share this with? This is amazing, this this um, caterpillar that is giant and green and smushy, and it... L- it was. It's nuts. It literally looked like a Play-Doh, a giant Play-Doh snake smashed together with these differently colored things coming out of its body. Have you seen Wait, it yet? Because it's insane. Terrible. Where is it? I put it in Voxer. Did you guys see oh, it? Oh, it's in Voxer. Hold Sorry. on. Sorry. Oh my God! <laughs> what the ever-loving f? Whoa, mama. I know, right? I'm telling you. That's oddly cute. It, exactly. And see, this is a weird thing. But for we're like, oh my God, what is that? And then, my, of course, Mei Mei was like, oh, that's so cute. And I, there was a part of me that was like, you know what? It actually is kind of cute. It's it green. Is, yeah. And it has all of these differently colored pokey things coming out of it. It was like... It, it didn't match. You know what I mean? Like it didn't have like the little things that were sticking out of it were all, they all look like little bits of flowers coming out of the back, but all of it was a different color. I have never seen anything like this. This was a gigantic caterpillar. Huge. Right? Oh, it looks like that caterpillar from The Bug's Life, that green caterpillar with the French accent. It does. Well, maybe maybe we have to find out what that caterpillar is and then... We will know what this I mean, I is. wish you could just upload pictures and have Google say, hi, that's a caterpillar platypus. <laughs> that's a caterpillar platypus. A platypus. 
whatever would the that hell, be neat? you know, I, Someday it will Because how would you I Google think. that? Green, Large how green caterpillar with things sticking yeah, out right, of it? Like, right. I don't know what you would say. And then, but then now think about it. What, what is that? Does that turn into something? Like, uh, does it become something else? It looks like it has ladybugs sticking out of it. Like if you make that picture no, bigger. No, feet. No. If you look, look at oh it. Oh my how, God. See? Doesn't it look like it? The feet do look like little ladybugs. And then why are they so much more prominent there and not towards the back? That's what I'm saying. And they are all different colors. There's red, green, and blue. Oh, yeah. What is this thing? I don't know. It's a silk moth. A silk moth? silk moth. Ew. It'll grow into a silk moth. That makes it grosser. Why is that gross? I don't know. Doesn't that sound like a... Pretty name though, silk moths. Aren't silk moths pretty? Am I totally off? I mean, maybe it's that? not in. Its, is it in moth form? I mean, it doesn't look like it's in moth. Well, form. Well, that's not in moth form. Absolutely no. That's in caterpillar form. That that is it. When it's the size of your hand, it's cute. If it was the size of a Volkswagen, it's run for your life. <laughs> yeah, good point. Oh yeah, very. That good would be kind of scary. But yeah, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, now we know it is a silk moth. Thank you, Google, and thank you, John, for having our back. Oh, my gosh, but it actually looks gorgeous. Have you seen what that looks like, Oh, A sacro, whatever, sacro, secro, sacropia? I don't even know what they're saying. What are you even saying? I, am, I don't, I don't know, know what I'm saying. Oh, my yeah. God. It is huge. There is an entire... Why like, do this... they have the weird feet? This should be our cover art this week. This moth? This have you seen the moth? Have you seen? Here. Did you see the Etsy stop, shop that Are I those put in? Eyes? No. Where's that? That's in Slack. Yeah. Look at the stuff in Slack, and then that's a. Sec- I like it. You said Slack. Slack. That's funny. the Secropia moth. Okay. It was. Very oh, odd. that's very pretty. I told you. And How this- odd that it goes from green to, to brown, brown and red, and it obviously looks like a, something that people like because I don't know. Spring brood specimens. That is so crazy. Yeah. Who knew, right? That's very strange. Wait, look at I've it never says, seen anything like that in my vicinity. Ever. I know. And look, it says mortality rate among reared larvae is high in this species. Well, I would imagine if it's in the parking lot of Target, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's going to get run over by a car. We actually moved it from the actual pavement onto the pl- place where there was a tree. Because it's like, well, you need to stick to, like, you know, organic material versus pavement. Anyway, enough with the nature. We've learned about nature and the crazy things that I would love to send you in my life. Because it seems like this is, like, a normal occurrence that I pop into critters. Whether I'm in a city or whether I'm in the mountains. But I found that. Why do they come to you, Elsie? I do not know. You are a critter attractor. Oh, and I went walking this morning and two deer came, I mean, right oh, in front no, of my face. Oh, no, that happens to me all the time. Oh, my God. Hi, deer. Two of them in my face. That probably doesn't happen to you in, in North Carolina, but that happens to me all the time. I live right next to a big, like, field that's So you have deer as neighbors. Yeah, they're neighbors and they eat all my plants. Oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. no good. They walk through the yard... Like I've like we've been sitting in Scott's office and just seen one like stop at the window, eat a couple leaves off a bush and walk on. 
<laughs> there was a fox that like one time I came home from dropping Isaac at the um at camp and he was in my yard and he was like run he had a squirrel in his mouth and he was like running and he stopped when he saw me and looked at me like what the frig are you looking at and then kept running. Oh my god. I was like excuse me, sir. So yeah, there's some wildlife that I see but not not crazy scary bugs. That's why that snake was such a shock. Yeah. That was pretty hilarious. That whole experience was pretty funny horrifying from my from my side of things. horrifying from horrifying so um shall we get into some podcasting uh this time we have some news to cover yes maybe let's. we can tap on this and then i have a couple of showing of a pet peeve and we have some like actual podcasting information things that should help everybody out thing that is going to involve some john and some storytelling from me so let's move into some news the news you can use for the informed podcaster, podcasting news. Sometimes I think that's funny, and other times, like now, I hate the way it sounds. Really? Sometimes I like it because now it sounds normal. I like think it it's sounds awful. like, of course that's our, of course that's our jingle. I hate it sometimes. I'm just like, God, I can't believe what a dickhead I sound like. <laughs> hey, Sorry, it's for the awesome. Word it's the awesomest thingy ever. Mm, uh, but we have some news that just popped into my feed, uh, at least while we were going to be recording. It really? seems like, yeah, literally, uh, Google launched this kind of podcast player thing for Android. But I do know that it didn't happen like right now. Like it, it wasn't like released. It's like Google's version of the podcast app. Um, not quite. It's no. Sort of, no, because it's it's integrated inside of the search functionality. It's not an actual app thing. It's sort of like if you were searching something in your browser and instead of having it give you like just the links for you to go to, it actually populates inside of Android devices. It populates a player right at the top for your podcast. So if you, you know, if you Google or if you search inside of a Google Android um, for the latest, I think possibly maybe even beta of Google search, if you search there and you say, play she podcast podcast or something like that, it will pop up a player. You can also incorporate it into Google Assistant. So you can, I guess, Android version 6 or v6 and above if you hold down the home key you can say hi and you know whatever it'll say to you hi how can i help you and then you say play and then you say the podcast like the chi podcast podcast or something and then it will just do it it'll start playing it for you just do it i know right and that neato i mean that's kind of cool yeah that's very cool are you kidding so i'm i'm cool with that it seems like that's gonna be i mean i'm not sure how many people are gonna no to even say that have you guys ever like when you hear news like this or there's actually an app for alexa that i'd like to use that's only available for android and for one split second i think maybe i don't want an iphone anymore just for a second though just for a second yeah, yeah. and then i go and then and then reality you know and logic comes back into play and i think that's ridiculous why would i say that well i have to say that when things like this come up i kind of want a tablet I just so want you know, actually yes, and little, they're not expensive. A little yeah. cr- yes, like a Samsung tablet. Yeah, something like something that. Something just so I can test shit and yeah. play with things. Totally. Why not? Right. So you this, know what? What? Let's see how much they are. Okay, you go search, and then I will continue to tell the people about this stuff. 
All right. So it seems like this is really happening for the newest Android phones. So it's not necessarily all of them. So if you've had an Android for the past three years, this is probably not going to be something that you'll see. It is in the built-in Google app. And I'm assuming that maybe that Google app might also be in beta maybe for some, or you can actually access it if you are updated to the latest version of whatever that is. And you can actually, what's really cool is that once you either ask Google Assistant to do it for you, or if you do it minus that, so maybe you go inside of the phone and then the Google search bar, you type in, you know, place you podcast, podcast or whatever, it'll bring up the set of results and some of them, some of which have play buttons. So there you go. And if you hit play, it'll start playing in the Google app and it will allow it to add it to your home screen. So this is actually something that um, in the E-League, we found this out. And Chris Sturge from the No Extra Words podcast, she has an Android device. And and I put up an an article in there about sort of Google. We were talking about um, getting Android people listening to podcasts and whatnot. And she did a little bit of research because she has an Android and she started to look at that. And then when she started to search for podcasts, this came up and it was like, what? That's crazy. And then now this article came up. And so we're talking about it. So that's kind of neat. It is. Yeah. All right. So the cheapest one uh-huh. looks like it's like 300 I don't see one for two, although I am. I thought I did. I thought I saw one for 200 but. The Amazon Fire is $50, but that's not going to help us, is it? Mm, I don't think so. Battery is $60. Jeez Louise. Gut den Himmel. Okay. I'm speaking a lot of Yiddish today. A refurbished ta- Galaxy Tab Lite is 90 The keyboard cover is 90 Oh, here we go. Samsung Galaxy Tab E-Lite 7 8 gig white is $100. All but, right. And then there's an... There's one that's black for six. That's 16 gigs Wi-Fi and 4G. That's a hundred dollars, but with a two-year contract. So you probably have to buy it like a phone and get some kind of 4G. I mean, we don't need that. We have Wi-Fi. Well, some of right. us do. That was a dig at you. Ha in case, ha! In case you didn't, I missed notice. it totally you you over totally my head. It. Yep. Totally that's why I had to re. It. I had it. I had, it went over your head, and then I had to make it spin around and smack you in the back. And land me. And then I was still <laughs> going like, "What's this thing bothering me?" Yeah. I mean, mostly it's refurbished for around 100 or no storage for around 100 And then if you want like a decent one, it looks like they're more like 150 200 300 All right. Well, well, I don't know is, if I have like, an extra $300 lying around so I can yeah. just play with stuff. But well, see, I'd like to what I was think too. I do and say I do, but I don't. But I, yeah, <laughs> no. And plus, if we did have an extra 300 around play, to do that, we would probably buy something else. You know, right. not that. Do you so, have an Echo yet? Like a, an Amazon Why Echo? would I? We've already had this discussion. Oh, yeah. You don't have Wi-Fi. It's stupid. Yeah. It's I like know. having right. a nice little circle in my house. <laughs> for no so reason. Funny. So it's really funny. whatever. All right. So you guys check that out. I will put a link in the show notes. Yes. I asked Very in the cool. Facebook page over on Libsyn. So facebook.com slash Libsyn. You'll see the link specifically in the show notes so that you guys could see a thread in case you don't have an Android device. You can see a thread of people putting uh, screenshots of their experience uh, using Google Assistant to play the podcast as well as doing the search stuff. So you guys can definitely check that out. 
But uh, we have some news here that have to do with money, 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 and money. advertising. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Jess, do you, can you give us... Uh, that song reminds me of Donald Trump now because of The Apprentice. That was his Apprentice oh, theme song. I never... Money, 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 money. It. Yeah, we watched it the first couple seasons. I watched when Brett Michaels won. It was fantastic. Yeah. I like poison. Okay. That was a little too much info. So, Jess, what do you have to tell us about some of this uh, advertising stuff? I think we should do a jingle where Elsie <laughs> sings about advertising stuff, but in a disgusted and revolted way. I have to get like, you know, maybe to put it to like one of those to, Broadway shows. Yeah. The Broadway shows that have like, you know, the, the, the angry woman come on stage. Yeah. You have to be like Ursula the Sea Witch and yeah. then be like advertising you know yeah. or like something angry and pissed off i know totally um, the only thing that comes to mind is a song from uh, man of la mancha which is my favorite musical if you must know of course it is of course it is <laughs> so there's there's a, a pissed off like song on that okay so uh, the iab internet advertising bureau um released a new version of podcast measurement guidelines for all of us who are inclined to standardize and then follow the standard to which we measure our shows and what a download actually is and isn't. So without further ado, I'm going to briefly talk about, um, you know, first of all, why they're doing this study or, you know, they did a study and why they're putting this out. I mean, they're putting it out because there's a lot of advertisers that are in this space and their biggest hesitation and frustration is the lack of ability to really measure um, how well an ad is doing. And when it comes to digital, they can be kind of sticklers about that. So um, they have an executive summary here that just says, you know, what a podcast is um, because podcasts are often downloaded to a device later um, the file and any ads with it are downloaded to a device that doesn't or can't send back data about how the ad was or if the ad was listened to. And so the lack of data, um, you know, doesn't allow for real time measurement like a streaming service would. So um, whereas, you know, other digital media like reading articles, interacting with a website, playing games, streaming videos, we have ways of measuring all that stuff. This is the only thing we really don't have a way to measure. So it causes a problem. So their solution is to do the following. Um, and first, let's just, you know, there's two different kinds of ways to deliver an ad. One is called baked in which is what most of us do when we have an ad. We just make it part of the content. It's there forever. It's like you're a cookie. It is like a cookie. And chocolate. It's one of the ingredients in your cookie recipe, yes. The other way is to dynamically insert the ad. It doesn't mean it's not host-read, but it would be as if Elsie and I did an ad and then said, okay, you can put it in this mid-roll spot just to people who whatever, go on, you know, Facebook or just to people who are over the age of 21 or whatever. You can insert ads if you're on a platform, even Libsyn can do it. If you're on any kind of hosting platform where they'll do it for you and you want to do it that way, you can. Um, most people do a baked in though. Okay. So here is basically how they're measuring. They use something called server logs. A server log includes requests, this is where things get a little techy, okay? A log 
can include a combination of numbers of times the file has been downloaded, the ads, and any content requested by the web page or the app hosting the player. So in other words, the piece that you put on your website, that has a, has like a, a tracking capability. Okay. So you can, like when you put the Libsyn tracker on your website, it can then tell them the IP address from which you're listening from, what time you started and stopped, um, the status code is like, meaning like whether or not you got to hear an ad or didn't, how many bytes were served, meaning how much of the episode did you actually download? Did you download it at all or did you just listen while streaming? The origin of the download, meaning was it on a web page or was it in an app? Whether or not the request was unique, is it someone that pressed play over and over and over again? And the range of bytes requested, I don't know what that means, used to determine what portion of the media is requested. Let's just ignore that. Okay. So here's the recommended process for how they're going to start measuring downloads. And again, if you don't give a shit about your downloads and or how other people are measuring it, you can go ahead and skip ahead to the next portion of this show. But if you're interested in learning about how big players are going to start measuring success and you want to compare your show to, say, a show like Serial, this would be the way that they're going to start measuring it. First, they're going to filter unique downloads. Did the person download it once or did they download it more than once? And if it was downloaded more than once or 10 times by six different user agents, which is people, it's going to count as six downloads, not 10. So let's just say you download it, delete it, download it again. It's still just the one. Okay. So that means you, it, it's requiring some extra technology to make sure that you don't count when, an, when a, a player's being played more than once. Um, the next thing they're going to try and do is eliminate what they call preload requests. So this, I think, is what's happening in a browser where the player comes up and maybe starts before the person's actually seeing the website. Like you ever have like audio start without you realizing it or pushing play? They're going to not allow that anymore because it's counting as a download and it shouldn't. Okay. And part of it, sorry, and part of that stuff too is that there are some, and this is why it's important when you start to choose who your podcast host is and yeah. where you're getting this information from, because a lot of this stuff is is sort of like, um, especially for the newer people in the game, like people who maybe are coming into the business for the first time, um, or uh, you know, you're, you're create there, there's a new player that you want to use or something like that where you don't know how it works behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And then you get like skewed numbers where you're like, where is all this coming from? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just that it's automatically pulling the the file and you didn't even know. And therefore, maybe you think you're getting a thousand downloads per episode per month. But really, it's just that people are landing on your website and all of your players are preloading. <laughs> So that's kind of steering things in the wrong place. Most reputable hosts like Libsyn and like Blueberry already do this. So they already have been working like this. So meaning that this doesn't happen for 
those people that have been in the game for quite a while. But yeah. it might for some of the newbies that are right. stepping into the scene. Right. The next thing they're going to try and do is eliminate bots and bogus requests. So if you can't... Okay, so we all know... Uh, hopefully we all know what an IP address is. But if we don't, like every computer and, and router has an IP address. So technically... When I open a website, they know it's me and not a bot in China. That's why we know the geographic location of our listeners and our web users because of my IP address because everyone has one. Every account, every Verizon account, every Comcast account, whatever you're using, your each account has its own unique IP address. So first what they're going to do is get rid of all IP addresses that can't originate to an actual user. And then they're going to get rid of all the ones that account for a large number of downloads. A, a large number of downloads. They have to be examined for fraud, erroneous referrer data. So if it's like you can see that a podcast is getting a lot of downloads from one website, um, uh, let's see what else. And again, just to let you guys know too, and I know that obviously I'm here as a representative, it's kind bots. of already sort of um, ha- have a little bit of a bias. But for again, for the reputable, long running, and in business uh, companies like Libsyn and Blueberry that have been around for quite a while, this is par for the course. It's sort of like this is what we in in our businesses have been working for, so that you get the best. Non bot. <laughs> there are some good bots, by the way. But mm-hmm. the, you know the the nef- nefarious bots and like preloading players and things like that, where they don't count. They're already removed. You don't have to see any of this stuff. It's just that now, because there's so many people coming into the system, we need there needs to be a way where everybody's sort of like on the same team, so that like a, one company com- doesn't come in and go, "Well, I'm not going to remove all those because why?" They want to show that they're getting a lot more downloads. But in truth, that's not actual true downloads. Right. Right. And so you don't want to count. I mean, most of us don't want to count that stuff anyway, but it it accounts for when people are just like, out of nowhere, 18,000 people heard my show today. No, they didn't. You have a bot link linking to your show someplace and it's bad. So you don't want those kinds of spikes anyway. It's not helping anybody. Um, Okay, the next thing they're going to try and eliminate is play, pause, play. So let's just say you get in the car, you start playing She Podcasts, and then you drive through McDonald's, which I know some of us do. Not going to lie. I've stopped, but I did. Um, All right. No, I haven't. All right. Yeah, I've stopped a little bit. Okay. Anyway, you turn on She Podcasts, then you put press pause so you can order. And then you press play again because they're getting your food. Then you press pause so you can pay. And then you press play again. That's still going to count as one download, whereas right now I don't think it does. I think every time someone presses play, that's considered a download. Well, that again, Lipson and Blueberry have been having this. This does not happen with them. Well, when I first signed on, they said it did happen with them. Well, it's well. So what I'm saying is that a lot of the stuff doesn't. That's great. But the point is, industry standard is now not going to allow that. Yes. Okay. And then lastly, HTTP requests, which is, again, confusing to me. Uh, But it looks like kind of like links that are like 404 not found, those types of things. 
they either, you know, if it's like shouldn't be counted or I don't know. This part I don't understand. These are the server logs we were talking about. Based on HTTP requests, they should not be counted unless they're verified. I don't know. This part doesn't make sense to me. But basically, if anything 404s or is broken, it's not going to be counted. I think that's what it means. And then here's how you help filter the stuff out. To count it as a valid download, the ID3 tag has to play enough of the podcast content for it to count longer than a minute. Um, The file size is different for every show, but the publisher needs to measure the ID3 tag file size for each podcast. And the publisher, as in Elsie and I, could set a size for the show whenever the artwork changes, you recalculate. Um, And then content size recommendation. The size of the download for one-minute content will vary based on a number of factors. So our recommendation is for the publisher to calculate the size for each show. This does require continuous monitoring of the shows as each episode gets served. One minute was chosen as a conservative minimum size. Other mediums use smaller thresholds. If the size is smaller than a minute... The provider, a.k.a. Libsyn, can indicate that fact and use the actual full podcast size as the threshold. So in other words, instead of counting how much data, how big a one minute of data is, they can use the whole show as how big that is and then calculate how much was listened to. I don't know if that makes sense to you. It makes sense to me. If anyone needs me to repeat it or um, (laughs) explain it better. I think that since we're listening via podcast, we'll just rewind. Okay, yeah, just rewind. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, ads are very integrated with content. So um, producers, executives, marketing, digital product teams want to know how many people are downloading, how many times it's being downloaded and listened to, at least in part. So this is trying to answer those questions by making some type of like, hey, you're not allowed to count this. You're not allowed to count that. It's kind of like making up the rules of Mother May I or like Red Rover, Red Rover. You can't, you know, or, you know, it's just like you're not allowed to do this and you can't do that. No backsies, no take backs. That's kind of like that. So that's basically what, boy, I really just simplified this document, didn't I? And a mother may I. (laughs) But that's really what it is. I mean, they're trying to create the rules of the game for everybody to play properly. No, I, 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 yes. And if everybody plays with their own rules, then it's useless to try and, I mean, the whole purpose of it is making money. Yep. Which kind of is like probably why Elsie hates, you know, reading through this document, I really all of a sudden started to realize like why... People who have been producing podcasts for 10 years are starting to feel a little steamrolled. And it's not because they're supposed to be what, you know, someone else is trying to dictate what a download is. Here's why. (sighs) What I started to realize when I started reading this, yesterday I had a conversation with Heather Osgood of True Native Media and another woman who's in more of an internet radio streaming world. She does do audio production and podcasts, but she's also like she helps sell advertising on Internet radio. And the whole time I was talking to her, I was just like, Internet radio is kind of irrelevant. And like, I don't really understand how it works. And she was telling me all these amazing numbers about how, yes, the CPM is like $2.50, but it's like hundreds and thousands of people that are listening. And I was like, yeah, but I literally don't know one person that listens to Internet radio. And she was just like, well, it's all going to go towards this because it's measurable. You can have all the data you've ever wanted. Podcasts aren't measurable. So 
keep in mind, it's all going to be streaming in the next two years. And I was like, I don't know if that's true. Reading this, I think she's right. I think that because the only way to quantify the success of an ad is to have a streaming file that these companies are going to do everything they possibly can to get podcasting as a streaming audio demand. I mean, still on demand, but as a streaming service and not download and go away. I just think there's absolutely, I think she's 100% right. And the whole reason why is because it's monetizable. Because the whole reason it's starting now, I mean, the reason it didn't happen five years ago is because people were just like, oh, podcasting, that's what nerds do in their basement. All of a sudden, it's worth a million dollars of advertising. So now we have to get it on a platform where we can quantify success. They can't do that now. So that means that as as both publishers and listeners, we're going to be at the mercy of what people with money want to do with this medium. And people with money want to, they want to measure it in a way that no one has ever given a crap about doing before. Yep. They are setting the rules. <laughs> I no. knew you were going to say yeah, that. Yeah, because it's like late. I mean, you know, I, but I don't want to really go too far down this I don't rabbit think hole. you should feel stream rule. But I mean, it made me really wonder how many other things do we have because someone wanted to make a buck off of it? What kinds of tech? I mean, is it all the technologies? I mean, let's think about Apple for a minute. Why do we have an, a smartphone or an iPhone? It's not just so Apple can make money. I mean, they opened up a marketplace for hundreds and thousands of businesses. They opened up their technology for this. Why? Do they get a piece of it? Possibly. Because I know it's $100 a year to be an Apple publisher. So they're making at least money on that. Millions of dollars there. So they've created the platform and the person who creates the platform wins. They win because everyone else now has to buy into getting a license to serve on that platform. And I just wonder, like, how many things have we gotten that are so much better for us or not so much better for us? I mean, like pharmaceuticals are a perfect example. If we get a cure for cancer, where are all those companies going to go that make chemo? What's going to happen to them? They can't cure cancer. I mean, I don't mean for it to be a conspiracy, but it's just an example of how consumers are at the mercy of people who are trying to make a buck. This is a good example of that, I yeah, think. I, I agree. I, I don't know if it's a bad thing. I mean, that's certainly a bad thing. Of course, there should be a cure for cancer. But like, I don't know if it's a bad thing in, in this sense. I think that there's a there's don't a balance worry. to this. You know, I think there's different levels of communication with this. Absolutely. And I feel that there is a certain... Uh, I, I love the ability to know that everybody's getting... like. To know that if, let's say, there's a series of like 10 podcasts in front of me, I'm going to be able to advise appropriately as a as a mentor, as a yes. podcast mentor. I would love to be able to advise appropriately to whoever comes to work with me so that I don't go like, OK, where are you hosting your podcast? And then they tell me like something I don't want to hear. And then I'm like, oh, then I Ooh. feel like you've taken my power away because I can't properly advise you. I don't know if what you're doing is right because I can't. 
Right. I don't no know. Data. Yeah. Data is never a bad thing. I mean, yeah. think about websites too. Let's say you're exactly. pouring your heart into an events page. Then all of a sudden you get Google Analytics up and everyone's reading your blog and no one gives a crap about your events. All of right. a sudden you've spent two years cultivating an events page that no one gives a crap about. Or maybe the opposite too, though, and Jess. This is the you same know, thing. Yeah. You'd be able to go inside of maybe Google Analytics now and be able to go like, well, those don't count. Or like, that's a lot of bots. Or that's really weird stuff happening with that page. Age, right? Yeah. And then for somebody that doesn't know crap, they might look at it and go, oh my God, I'm getting millions of people to my page every day. Right. But really, right. no, not so much. And so right. there are other parameters. So I, I see this data as part of what your online or not even on your online, but your, your podcast presence and what are the things that are working and what the things are not working. Because, you know, even if you have a podcast about, I don't know, whatever, and you've got an amazing podcast, but it's about something so minute and so specific that you're never, you really are going to have, you're never going to have the millions of people listening to your podcast. It's just... you know, let's just take our show, for example. Won't it be neat to know that people only listen to the Jessica's pet peeve or that they specifically fast forward through it? It could be. I mean, it's good. I mean, I think that that would change the course of our content. Data is never bad, even if it means like stop doing the pet peeves or, hey, that's all they listen to. They don't even give a shit about the news. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then there's also very the people who might that. really enjoy it. You know, you never know. And you, but if it is like a hundred percent of the people, saying, or ninety percent, that's what's great. Yeah, you, that's you, true. You're not never going to know. Now you are going to know. You're going to be able to absolutely quantify which part of your show is interesting and which part sucks. Well, you can't say absolutely because right now it's just Apple giving you. And again, right now true. they are the the leaders in the industry in terms of 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 the. You know, I would true. say seventy percent of those are coming from. Apple, but even with these steps that we just talked about, Android, they're going to, people are going to, I mean, 81% of the smartphone market is owned by Android. So just that. What? 81%, dude. 81%. 81% of people who have a smartphone are using Android? Yes. I don't believe you. You don't believe me? Oh my gosh. Go look at the article that I just put in there with the Google launches, that, that radio one. They're just saying that because it's a Google... No, it's not. It actually is true. I don't believe it. Android is the most popular mobile operating system in the world. With 81% of the market. Apple's iOS operating system only has 17.9%. Yet Apple is driving podcast success. So what I'm saying is that right now... Wait, so more people have an Android. I'm sorry, what? More people have an Android? Yes. When did this happen? For... All the time, dude. What? That's why it's so important for. That's why I'm report. That's why it's so important with that whole Android ecosystem to get in the game right now. Seventy plus percent of our download numbers are coming via iOS or Apple products. Now think about that. Seventy percent, and that means that the Android has not in any way supported podcasting. This thing that we just talked about at the beginning that it's now an Apple, you know, I'm sorry, the Google search and the Google app inside of Android. This is big. That's 81% of the smartphone market is Android. It's huge. If we can get that 
the, the Android users to actually listen to podcasts, which are right at this moment, it's the hardest thing ever because it's not oh supported at all. There is no native app. There's no way to listen to podcasts without you having to go and download an app to do, do that. Do you think it's that much better than iOS? That much better? No, it's cheaper. That's it's the only cheaper. Reason. That doesn't make it better. Yeah, exactly. But it's cheaper. It's the way that the masses are able to consume it. When you go inside, you know, if you go and get an, um, a new phone inside of any, anywhere, really, uh, any, any, anywhere in the world, more likely than not, there will be a price fluctuation for an Android device because they're subsidized in different ways. So different devices or different people who are creating Android devices can change the price versus Apple. Apple's basically always the same. I mean, if you go almost anywhere, there's almost, it's very rare that you get a deal, that you get a deal where it's like a substantial deal, right? Ver- mm-hmm. Like you, you almost can never go inside and get a whole, uh, inside of one of these things and get a, a, a new, a new, like let's say the uh, Apple 8, like Apple uh, iPhone 8 that's coming up. There's no way you're going to be able to go to Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint or whatever and get a free iPhone 8 with a two-year contract. That's not going to happen. No, they give it to you 20 bucks at a time, 20 bucks a month. No, right. But what I'm saying still, though, you're not going to get a free one versus if you can get an Android device, you can do that. You can go and, and get a free Android because it's so part it's of the deal. it's not better. It's They're just subsidized. that people can't afford the iOS. Exactly. Hmm. So that brings me to my whole platform, which is accessibility and not being able to serve those that are underrepresented and to know that social economics are not being served here at all. None this of may that also explain addressed. why podcast listeners are in that higher buying exactly. demographic. Because because people who are in a lower SSI, yeah. yeah, can't can't reach exactly that's interesting so all of that comes into play here so that you see that it right now that's why everybody's kind of like apple oh so that's apple why doesn't apple support podcasters you know what it's not their job that's not their business model right nor has it ever been right so why are you asking that it's sort of like going to a restaurant going like how come you don't support create you know having i don't even know makers yeah we make forks, goddammit. How dare you? I know. And then yeah, you're it's like, like um, hello, I just serve food. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Nice fork. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was actually thinking about this today, too. Like, like the whole streaming and the thing. Like, it also made sense to me why Apple never released their stats before because their business model is for the consumer, not people who want to make money off the exactly. consumer. Why would shit they? Who's trying to advertise on podcasts. They only care about their own. Right. Why would they? It's not a, who they don't have to give it to us, the makers or Procter and Gamble. I mean, it's their platform and they're not just going to sell it to the highest bidder. I wouldn't either. I think that's noble. Actually. I actually like Apple's like privacy thing they have going on like they're not going to release any stats if it's going to like incriminate someone they're not going to release any stats if it's going to help them make money off someone like i think that they're right that's not their business i mean maybe it's their business to help find serial killers but i mean really it's not they make a phone that's it totally i don't have to tell you what's on the phone ever i totally agree So, I mean, kind of veering through some of this information and now taking it to kind of close out the show here in the next 10 or 15 minutes or something like that. So let's do some tooltips right away. Elsie's Tooltips. 
So this is actually an offering from Jen Eads, and she is from the Brassy Broadcast. And she has a little bit of an offering here that I got, I wanted to share with you guys because I think that this is something that we we can all help, use help with. And she's really fantastic at doing stuff like this. She's offering just to she podcasters like five of these. Listen to this, Jess. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, hey. I already hey, love it. Hey, 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 party people. Life is way too short to live your life ordinary. Why not extraordinary? Matter of fact, how about unconventionally? It's your girl, Summer Martin. The unconventional woman. How cool is that? That was fun. I want so to hear that it again. Is, that was very cool. That is for uh, Summer Martin. Her podcast is The Unconventional Woman. And then Jen just kind of went a little bit creative on supporting her show and creating this sort of like mini commercial promo type thing. And it's just really great because it aligns with the fun that Summer is, but also... Summer's very rich, and she's got a re- this really resonant voice. Her her stuff is so awesome. You guys need to listen to her. So Jen created this little thing, and it was like, um, so she can do that. If you guys want a little mini commercial that is a creative expression of what your show is about in 30 seconds, okay, 30 seconds, mm-hmm. she has a deal for She Podcasters, five people, the, the, the five people that reach out to her as soon as you can. Please don't think you're going to be, just reach out. Jen, that is J-E-N at BrassyBroad.com. And I think that this would be great. It's another way to be able to support your podcast. Put it out there. How easy would it be for you to put it on Instagram, on Facebook, to just draw attention to it? And it's so fun to listen to. And it will make you stand out instead of like, welcome to, you know, that kind of dorky thing that you hear a lot of the time for <laughs> podcast promos where I can't oh, even funny. take it. So this, it'll be really fun. And I just wanted to share with you guys that for today. That's my tool tip for today is Jen's Yay. awesome offering for you guys. Well, could not have chosen a better tool tip. That was very cool what nice. you played. Thank you. But now let's move on to Justice Pet Peeve. It drives me bananas. <laughs> Jessica's Pet Peeves. Oh my gosh, you guys! So um, it's Elsie's pet peeve today. It's Elsie's, yeah, it's my pet peeve. Sort of, it's mine too. But it has to do with what we've been talking about in terms of Apple and whatnot. And I I just really want to talk about ratings and reviews, ratings and reviews. And this is ratings and reviews in iTunes. Okay. Yeah. So let me. I just want to put this out. Ratings and reviews are not going to move you up the rankings. Ratings and reviews don't do that in Apple. So if when you hear people, and I, and I said this on an Elsie's yoga class, and I'm sure that I think you and I probably did at the beginning of She Podcasts, like just right at the beginning where it's like, you guys leave us a rating or a review so that we can, more people can find us on iTunes and we can move up the rankings. That's a bunch of crap. It actually doesn't work. <laughs> it's a lie. It Lies, doesn't work that people. way. Okay. So. If you get a ratings and reviews in iTunes, great. But that does not in any way help you to be seen more inside of the iTunes ecosystem or Apple podcasts at all. Nope, not even a little bit. 
So the thing that helps you be seen more and move up the rankings, like the top charts inside of iTunes, are people subscribing to your show in Apple Podcasts or in iTunes. So a better call to action is subscribe to my show in iTunes or subscribe to my show in the podcast app. That actually will move you. But here's a caveat. It all happens and it's all the algorithm is uh, set up in a way that it really counts or the the um, action that you're getting to your podcast within a specific amount of time. So let's say today that you're listening to the show, Jess and I say, hey, guys, everybody go into iTunes and subscribe to the show. That you, If you haven't subscribed, if you haven't subscribed, go to iTunes today and subscribe to my show. Then we, let's say we get thousands of people <laughs> going into iTunes and subscribing to She Podcasts in iTunes. Then we would actually shoot up the ranks, but we will also move down the ranks about five days or even four days or even three days later. Because it, it is about the action that's happening within a particular amount of time. And it changes and fluctuates constantly. So mm-hmm. if you want to constantly be seen at the top charts, that means that you need to constantly have a stream of people subscribing to your show. And another thing that counts is downloads off of the podcast app or off of iTunes. And again, it's within a specific amount of time. That's what counts. I, whenever somebody's working with me privately about launch processes and stuff like that, I don't really push ratings and reviews at all. In fact, it's one, it's like a check mark for me inside of something else. It's sort of like saying like, um, you know what, you can talk, you know, get between, I usually say between five to 10 people that love you to death. And I'm not talking about your posse. I'm talking about your mom, (laughs) Your dad, your cousins, like people that really love you that can go in there and say something nice and give you a ranking. That's it. Just like Mm -hmm. that. It's sort of like getting your artwork done or having a title for your show. It's something really simple. But if you really want to drive the, the rankings up, then it would actually would behoove you to get like an email campaign or something like that with a list. Or maybe that's when you get your people all riled up and you say, hey, everybody, after this is after you have been accepted into iTunes. This is after you you are in iTunes. Then you can have this sort of thing where you send this email out and you go like, guys, on Monday morning, can everybody go subscribe to my show, please? And you can ask that in your email list. That will actually affect your rankings a lot more than if everybody goes and rates and reviews. And it sucks because rating and reviewing is also a heinous experience where you're literally asking somebody to do, I don't know, go pick you up from the airport at 6 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. Mm -hmm. There are very few people that would do that for you. That's true. Right? Not a lot of people. Not a lot of people would do that. So it's that's kind of what it feels like to leave a rating or a review for somebody. Because there's problems that happen. iTunes is clunky. The app is clunky. Reviews don't show up. You did it and then you email the podcast and you say like, I reviewed you, but nothing came up. I haven't seen it. I don't know what happened. Or you get some kind of weird error message or it never shows up. And then the podcaster's like posting everywhere. I know my people left me reviews. How come I can't see them? And then it becomes time wasted on something that has absolutely no bearing on your podcast success whatsoever. Right. right. <gasps> so stop it. It's dumb. So now, I but, but I can, 
I can tell you this, though. If you do, you know, when, when reviews do come up, because they will, people will naturally go inside of iTunes and leave you reviews if they really are moved to do that, because that's really great. And when they are moved enough to move you, to, to go and leave you a review in iTunes, usually it comes from a really specific place because they really want to help you. Then you can use those reviews for marketing purposes inside of other platforms like maybe Instagram or maybe you take a screenshot and you do that or maybe you put it in your newsletter and you do that. And that actually is inspiring and it makes people go, oh, wow, I really do need to listen to that show. Mm -hmm. People don't go inside of iTunes and make choices based on the ratings and the reviews that a podcast has inside of iTunes. Right. I don't think I do that. I think if I hear like Jess telling me about a new podcast or if I tell her about a new podcast, she's going to go in there and download it. Or if I see it on social media, I'll go in and download it. I'm not going to go in there and go, okay, I'm going to check their ratings and reviews and make sure that this is a highly (laughs) rated podcast. (laughs) That doesn't happen. In fact, in the newest iOS 11 beta, um, at least as of the time of this recording, which is um, in the middle of July, there is no ratings and reviews in iOS in the podcast app inside of iOS 11. You can't see them, at least at this time. Mm-hmm. So um, why make your people go do crazy things like pick you up at 6 a.m. on a Tuesday morning from the airport when you can very easily you know, have them do that when it really, 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 really counts. <laughs> so anyway, I am off my soapbox. I just had to get that out because I am, I'm just, it's just such a time waster. Such Agreed. a time waster. <gasps> that is it. Mm-mm-mm. I'm done. All I'm right. Done well, I, I think I'm done. I have no more left. To, I'm tapped out. Okay. And I'm, and I'm now currently obsessing over finishing this presentation. All right, good. And no, but one thing that I'm going to say is I want to say thank you to John Buchanan, who I'm going to talk about in the next episode as well, because we do have to address an issue about audio editing that he really helped me out with. And, you know, as a producer of our show, as somebody who has a keen eye for um, how we sound and helping us sound better, he is unbelievable. If you go to audioeditingsolutions.com, you guys, you guys have got to work with him. If you ever, if you need a little bit of help here and there, he is such a wonderful asset to your team. And even today, I got some wonderful feedback for you, John, saying like, "Are you guys in the same room? <laughs> That's you guys awesome. in the same room? You have a guy producing your show." Yeah. You know who you are out there that said this to me. So I just want to say thank you, John. And I like praised you and, and, and said he's just amazing. So check him That's out. Cool. Um, also, we can't forget to mention Podcast Movement. Oh my God. And that we hope you're coming to Podcast Movement. And if you haven't gotten your ticket yet and you'd like a little discount, if you use the code SHEPODCAST, you get 15% off. Elsie and I will both be there. We are each doing a session and we have an official PM meetup on Friday. Um, if you want tickets to that but you don't want to come to podcast movement we'll be sad but we still want to see you that link is shepodcast.com forward slash pm17 but if you just want regular tickets just go to podcastmovement.com don't forget to use the code shepodcast and i think that's it i think you know where to find us if you don't just google shepodcast and you'll figure it out we love you yes and we mean it bye bye bye